Welcome to Built by a Boss. I'm your host, Evelyn Brooks, journalist, award-winning producer, author, founder of In My Solitude LA. On this podcast, you'll hear unique origin stories, growth strategies, and meaningful insights from successful female founders and entrepreneurs who are leading conscious businesses and creating groundbreaking careers with intention. On our show today, Rhonda Richard-Smith. She's an award-winning psychotherapist and relationship expert. She's here to walk us through how to care for our mental health and well-being during the coronavirus pandemic. Her advice has been featured in Oprah Magazine, Us Weekly, Bravo TV, Ebony, Teen Vogue, and Glamour Magazine. Rhonda offers some really insightful tips and practical takeaway that we can use starting right now and in the future to reinvent our lives. Thanks for listening and enjoy the conversation. Hi, Rhonda. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's so good to talk to you. Yay. So excited. This must be such a busy time for you. I mean, I'm sure people never ask the psychotherapist how she's doing, but um, what is it like for you right now? Because so much is going on. Yes, it has been a very interesting couple of weeks, right? Um, I'm doing well. I think, you know, I'm a wife and a mom. And so I've kind of had to deal with what everyone else has been dealing with, right? Kind of like trying to figure out school schedules and kids, um, you know, working from home with their teachers and having a spouse at home who's working and just kind of, you know, trying my best to juggle it all. Really, I don't want to even say balancing, but just doing my best to juggle everything uh, and just do the best I can. Absolutely. I think everybody is really trying to figure out the next thing without having any real idea of what's happening next because it's everything is uncertain. But how do we know that we're dealing with anxiety as a result of the coronavirus? Like what kind of things should we be looking for in our own behavior? Well, so one of the first things is something that I'm sure we've all seen on social media and the news. um, And that is this need to stockpile everything. Right. Um, and I get it. And I mean, I'm a human being too. So I definitely want to be sure that we have what we need. Um, and it's tough because we don't know what the future holds and we're not sure, you know, what's going to happen, but that's definitely a telltale sign that we're definitely feeling some anxiety as a community. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think that it's any one particular person, but I think as a community, we're experiencing a lot of anxiety because there is so much uncertainty. And so, so it's like those little things, the little things that we try to control. Sometimes it's, you know, whether it's controlling different assignments, maybe that you have at work, I've seen a lot of things online about, you know, homeschooling with kids and, you know, the importance of sticking to a routine, which is important. But sometimes when we're really rigid with our plans, it's more of an attempt to control and to kind of relieve ourselves of some of that anxiety by attempting to control a situation. And I'm sure that's a big thing that's happening in a lot of families right now with the kids being home because, you know, everybody's not kind of used to being together at certain hours of the day. How do you suggest people kind of manage that? Do you kind of make sure everybody has private time? How much do you tell the kids about what's happening? I think it's definitely really important to talk to your kids about it because, whether we realize it or not, whatever age they are, they know something is different, right? Even if your kids are very small, if everybody is all of a sudden at home, they're no longer going to school or to daycare, um, the kids are going to know something is going on. And even the energy, you know, the energy in many of our homes at this point is very different. And even if we don't say anything, our kids are very intuitive. So we don't have to say a word. They know something's up. They know if, you know, if you're concerned or if you're worried about something. So instead of keeping it a secret or trying to shield your kids from it, it's really important to talk to them about it. And when you're talking to your kids, it really depends on how old they are in terms of how you want to explain it versus older kids. And older kids are going to be getting exposed to a lot more information, of course. So, but for the younger kids, um, I think it's just important to be transparent. And, you know, you can even describe it like talking about germs and saying that, you know, there's a particular bug or a particular germ that's out there. 
um, you know, that we're a little concerned about. So in order to keep our family safe, we are staying at home and we're, you know, avoiding gatherings. And obviously for your older children, there may, may be some more dialogue around that, around how they're feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what their friends are talking about and kind of like what some of the conversations are with their friends and with their classmates. And just, I think, really checking in with the kids that are older and have access to a little more information on how they're feeling and what they're thinking and setting aside time every day to just check in. Right. And you don't have to check in daily about, well, how do you feel about the coronavirus, obviously, mm-hmm. but just a check-in, just a daily, you know, how's it going? How are you feeling? What are you thinking about? I mean, I think that that's good to do anyway. And I think that the situation that we're in now really gives us an opportunity to stop and slow down and just make sure that we're checking in with each other just to see that we're okay, because that can change from day to day. And how much of your emotion should you let your kids see? I mean, because we're all triggered. And so when they see mommy crying or maybe she snaps or something like that, how do you manage your own emotions in front of your kids? I I think I think this and I say this often it is very important for our children to understand that as parents we are human beings right and that's a gift that we don't often give our children as parents much of the time you know we're focused on kind of putting a bright face and you don't want your kids to see that you're upset or that you're worried um but that also doesn't give them permission to feel their feelings either And as they get older and we talk about, you know, taking care of yourself and your mental health, that's how they learn that behavior. It's learned behavior that we pick up from generation to generation. As a parent, you know, I'm no longer a human being. I I suddenly don't have feelings. Those are the messages that we give our kids if we're not having those conversations. So while I don't think you should unload on your children, I do think it's absolutely reasonable for you to let your kids know, hey, you know, I am worried. I'm concerned about this and I want to be sure that we're safe. At the same time, reassuring them that at the end of the day, you have their best interests at heart. And as a parent, you're going to do everything in your power to make sure that they're safe and that they're okay. You said something that was really important. You talked about feeling your feelings. And I think this is one of those moments where if you're not a person who feels your feelings and you're at home and you're socially isolated, it could trigger other things that you're dealing with. How do you stay connected to your feelings? You know, this is this really presents us with an interesting opportunity, but a challenge for many. Some of us tend to be just naturally very reflective and reflect on our feelings on a regular basis. So for some of us, it's it's, you know, this is something that we do every day or that we do periodically, but for others, Part of why this is such an intense crisis when we're talking about mental health is that it is forcing some people to be still and to be quiet. Right. And that is very different. You know, there there are many people that you encounter who they are, you know, they're moving from first thing in the morning to, you know, going right up until they go to bed. They don't stop. And for a lot of people, they're not stopping because they don't want to stop. Because if they do, then they have to actually be alone with their thoughts and process what's going on in their brain. Right. So for a lot of people, the situation that we're in is forcing people to stop. And so it is a challenge, but I do want to say if it's something that's new, all of this kind of like reflection and, and um, thinking about your life and being intentional, you have to grant yourself some grace right. um, throughout the process because it's not something that comes easily. It's not as though you know, you're going to feel the feelings and everything's going to resolve. If you're going to feel the feelings, you may not feel so great for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially with some of the physical restrictions that we have going on right now, it's not going to feel so great. Some of the things that we would usually do to distract ourselves are not necessarily, um, it's not possible to engage in those activities necessarily anymore. Um, so we're really having to take a look at ourselves, the relationships that we have with other people. And I think just our life trajectory overall. So it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. I think for everyone. I think it's an incredible opportunity if we look at it that way, but it's scary. For many people, it's very, very scary to do that work. And when you're doing that work, it can impact the relationships that you have with other people, which is also a scary prospect for many. The idea that they might need to change some of the relationships that they're engaging in or maybe eliminate them completely. But we're in a very unique point right now where I think people really have a great opportunity to 
just stop and take a look at where they're at and really see, are they living, are they living a life with intention? Are they living a self-directed life or is everything that they're doing and working toward based on what other people have imposed or other ideas that people have imposed on them? Um, and so you really want to check where you're at and really see, you know, are you directing your own life? So do you think that has something to do with the fact that, you know, there are so many people that are refusing to self-distance? I definitely think that there's a connection and there could be a, a number of things going on. For singles, for example, loneliness is, is something that we don't talk about a lot in the public per se, but loneliness is incredibly difficult. Yeah. And if you are someone who lives alone you know, and you're, you're craving companionship, whether it be romantic or platonic, it can be really difficult to physically isolate yourself from everyone. For some, if you're isolating in your home, it means that you're with your family or you're with friends or roommates. But if you're living on your own, to self-isolate can be very challenging, incredibly challenging, even with all the technological advancements. Um, you know, at the end of the day, being in your own home by yourself can feel very lonely. And it's, and it's a tough feeling to feel. And a lot of times people do what they can to engage in certain relationships just to avoid the feeling of loneliness itself. So it's, incre- it's an incredibly powerful feeling. It's one that people don't want to feel. So I think in some instances, people are still going out just because they don't want to feel that feeling of loneliness. I totally get that because, you know, you're looking at the number of people that do live alone, elderly people, and just the longer this lasts, the more isolated they're going to feel. But I think that the really beautiful thing about this moment that, that I'm really connecting to, and I'm sure many people are, is exactly how we are all connected. Like that has been the biggest revelation that I've had in the sense of everything that I do, every action that I take has an impact on the person next to me. So if I decide I'm going to go out and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to risk exposing, you know, someone's grandmother or whatever to the virus, I may be thinking that I don't have an impact. But this is one of those moments where everything that we do matters. And it's, it's like such a revelation if you really think about that. Absolutely. We are all so interconnected. We are so interconnected. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. We're all connected to one another. Everything, the, the way that we communicate with one another, and even the way that we live our lives, even the way that we live our lives, thinking that you know we're doing our own thing, we're living our own lives. We're kind of like in the box. Everything you do, every action you take has an impact on someone else, no matter how big or how small. And I think it's beautiful because you realize, you know, what a, what a positive difference you can make, you know, if you're really intentional about what you're doing, we are all connected. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, and I think it goes back to something that's really almost primitive in a way, when you think about how the human civilization has survived. We've survived by cooperation, not by competition. You know what I mean? And so this is one of those moments where you can hoard everything, but you're not really helping others. Therefore, you're not really helping yourself at the same time. Exactly. It goes back to like this really kind of fight or flight type of reaction at things. And I think it's an opportunity to really see yourself, right? Absolutely. It's tough because, you know, living in a Western world, everything is very independence oriented, right? Like everything you need to be able to do on your own. You need to be successful by yourself. But everything that we are seeing points to the fact that we are all so connected. And the way we really make a difference is by banding together and working together in unison. Um, And that's really how, at the end of the day, we make the greatest impact. And I think that is a a key thing because we're all in some way as human beings looking to have impact, looking to have significance. And I think that that is part of what's happening here in terms of helping people to see that making a sacrifice of staying at home or isolating yourself or whatever it is that you need to do is a way of making an impact. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Staying at home. (laughs) 
<laughs> you That's know? how you make the impact. Absolutely. We're seeing all of these things that are canceled, right? We're seeing events that are canceled. We're seeing graduations that are canceled. Yeah. And I think another thing that it's important to process because, you know, I do events. We all have different, you know, things that we do. And so there's a feeling of loss, right? People are losing Absolutely. jobs. Yes. Uh, you know, they're losing money. Um, they're losing opportunities. So how can we go about processing or at least acknowledging our feelings of loss and that it could be contributing to other emotions and other actions that we may be taking? What we're experiencing in many instances that you mentioned is it's grief. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's grief. We're grieving for, and I mean, this is such an unprecedented situation. I, I feel like all of us are dealing with some sense of grief in, in one form or another, you know, whether it is, you know, maybe a business opportunity or a business itself. I mean, yeah. I know individuals who are on the verge of losing their business completely just because the nature of their job is, is, is events. Right. They do events like that is, that's the bread and butter. It, it's absolutely grief and loss. And we know with grief and loss, we're going to have any number of emotions that are going to come up. And we just have to kind of be okay with feeling them. We're going to feel angry, frustrated. We'll feel very disappointed and maybe even confused about, you know, was this the path we were supposed to take? Mm -hmm. You know, what does this mean? If, if I only do events or if I, I work in a certain industry and this is happening, what does that mean for me? But I, what I think is really critical about this is stepping outside of ourselves and really being clear about who you are separate of what you do. Like yes. we are not what we do, right? We're, we're who we are. And so oftentimes we get so tied to certain titles or industries or jobs and um, it can take over our entire identity. So it's almost like an identity crisis when we're stripped of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, if I don't have my career or this particular business, then who am I really? And that's really the work that we have to do at this point and say, if I, if I were never to do this work again, what would that mean? And who am I? Yes. Really and being I, okay with that, really being okay with who you are and examining who you are. And if you take a look at who you are and maybe you, you there are some changes that need to be made, then really starting from that point. And how, how does one start from that point? How do you even identify that that's what you're feeling? It's a complete loss of identity. And so if you can just strip down to your... To, to the most basic sense of who you are, down to stripping off your name, where you live. You know, if you're a parent, you have to strip all of that away and really get clear about who, who are you and what do you enjoy? What are your gifts? What are your skills? Because many of us fall into certain industries because we can do it and it works. But I think more than anything, looking at what comes easy to you is a great place to start. What's something that just comes easy to you, like the back of your hand? Right. And really starting, starting from that point and really starting to look at creating, even through grief and through loss. I feel like even if you can create something small, and that could honestly be anything. It could be journaling. It could be a poem. It could be a song. Um, you know, all the way up to a, a program or a business, really just taking a look at what's something that you enjoy doing that comes very easy to you and start with that. Even though you may do, be dealing with all of the other loss and grief and all of the other horrible things that might be going on, there's something about the, the prospect of creating something that is right. so powerful. And I think if we can each tap into just creating anything, something, a painting, what, whatever it may be, something small, if we can start to just create small things, it's going to make a big impact over the long haul. Yeah, that's really great. Advice. It's all about like our psychic energy and like what we're focusing on. And so you, you've got to focus on creating because if we're not creating, then we're destroying, right? We're right. just, you know, with our thoughts and our ideas, we're destroying our spirit. So it's important to, in any way that you can, focus on creating even something very small every day. I, I love that. And, and another thing that I would love to really uh, dive into a little bit is the idea of 
purpose and how can you be of service in the idea of gratitude? Because Mm -hmm. what I've kind of discovered in my own life, the through line of what do you want to contribute and looking in any area until you figure it out, how can I be of service? How can I help someone else's life? What can I give? And then it takes me out of myself and the focus on what I don't have and then it, it just, in this crazy way, it just kind of falls in place. Absolutely. It'll fall in line because see, we, we tend to want to, you know, we, we love boxes. You know, I know sometimes we say, oh, you know, I want to think outside the box. Or, we, we love our boxes. We love, <laughs> as a culture, we, don't. <laughs> we, yeah, we love our boxes. As much as we say we don't, like the labels and the boxes, it's easy for us to lock our thinking in. Even in terms of our goals or our hopes or our dreams, we, we think oftentimes in boxes. It's right. going to look like this in this particular package, you know, instead of focusing on the gift itself or like, you know, something more general, like I want to bring people together. You could do that in almost any industry. Right. But instead we look so specifically at, you know, I want to do it this way at this company, uh, you know, with this schedule. And, you know, sometimes we just get a little too specific and we need to think a little more broadly about what it is that we have to offer the world. You can do what you were put on this earth. You can do that many places. There's not just one company or one way that you have to do it. There are many different ways and many avenues. And so I think just really being open to that. And that's tough because that, you know, that's where the uncertainty pops up and you know, not knowing where things are going to go tomorrow. But I think the more we can be open to opportunities and open to really and truly thinking outside the box, we're going to be better off in the long run and more fulfilled. And so I'm hoping people are using this as an opportunity, depending on their situation, to really explore other avenues or other other skills that they have, other talents and other gifts that they want to contribute. Because we, we, need, we need everybody to tap into that. Right. And, and we need and- it. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think um, the thing that is challenging for all of us is the idea of change, you know? Of um, course. We, we, yeah, we, change is, is tough. Yeah. It's tough. And not knowing what that change is going to be. When things like this happen that are beyond our control and it changes our life, it, it feels like a death, right? It feels it, like... Oh, absolutely. It's a death of our ego as well because our because we can't attach ourselves right to this thing anymore. Yep, it's like grieving the loss of an idea of where your life would be and where it would go. It, it none of us will ever be the same. No, Mm-mm. none of us will ever be the same. You know, well, and some of us will make dramatic changes. Others may be smaller depending on the situation, but we are all changed. We're, we're all changed forever. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we're all being triggered and, you know, having our own little, you know, ways in which we're having anxiety or meltdowns right. or whatever. So I have to share this with you. I had like my own little moment today that was so surreal and unexpected, but it almost, it like broke my heart open in a way and helped me identify what I was actually feeling. So I was on the computer and I was working and I had the window open a little bit to get some fresh air. So, and so I'm working and then all of a sudden I hear the ice cream man, right? Like the little, like the little song. Oh my goodness. I was just like, is that the ice cream man? (laughs) It was so surreal and bizarre. So like I go outside and I, I see the ice cream truck and I start crying and I'm like, Oh my God, why, why? And, and so I went back in and I just closed my computer and I just listened to the sound of the ice cream man until I couldn't hear it anymore. Wow. And so, and so then I just sat there for a minute and I thought about it and I was just like, well, what did the ice cream man represent for me? Why was right. this make? And so it represented, a, a time of safety, a time absolutely, and innocence, right? Of innocence, when yeah. all I had to worry about whether I was going to get a bicycle or a bomb pop, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? right. And simpler times, simpler, simpler times. Time. Yes, and it just it it actually gave me comfort. It helped me to understand that what I wanted to feel most importantly right now was a sense of safety. 
And it gave me a sense of compassion for, you know, all of the people that are hoarding or, you know, all of these things that that are buying guns and all of this. It helped me to really understand, well, they're afraid. Right, right. And this is their reaction to being afraid. And it's okay that we're afraid. It's just the choice that we decide to make, you know, while we're afraid can have a, a negative impact on other people. So if we can just connect with our fear and recognize it and like accept it, then maybe we can make a different choice. Absolutely. The idea, the idea is not to avoid it. When we're trying to avoid our feelings, I mean, I think that that's where trouble really starts to come up. We've we've just got to acknowledge, like, we're we're all afraid. We're all afraid. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not bad. It just is, you know? So we have to just allow ourselves to feel that and to be okay with that. And in this particular instance, you know, that fear may or may not be gone by tomorrow. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I think that the the other issue is that, you know, there's not necessarily any relief coming anytime soon per se in terms of, you know, getting a little bit of anxiety relief because the situation resolves itself in a day or two. We might be dealing with this for a little while. Um, so I think that that's really what's contributing to a lot of the anxiety too. It's like there, we can't quite see the end. Sometimes we feel a little more comfort when we know that we're going through something difficult, but we have like a rough idea of when it's going to be over and when it's going to end. And right. with this, there's, there's uncertainty about that. So right. I think that that's part of why we're feeling a little more anxious with this particular situation as well. Um, right. you know, and we're constantly getting new information. It's, it's a lot to process. And here's the thing. We're also looking outside of ourselves for an answer. And I think that is maybe part of where the ship comes, where mm-hmm. perhaps we can tap more into you know, our intuition, perhaps it is developing a spiritual practice or, you know, a mindfulness, whatever it is that you can do to kind of find a place where you can access peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, and a one, one thing that I do want to mention, like if you're, if you're starting to work from home, um, which is incredibly different, I think really being mindful about how you set up your space, Right. You know, in your home and even outside of wherever it is that you're working, making sure that you set up your home to where you can be as comfortable as possible, mm-hmm. to where you can be as peaceful as possible. So that way you can do some of that internal work. You know, you, we, we have to like kind of make it a little easier on ourselves to be able to do that. So it's okay to, you know, surround ourselves with things that we love, whether, you know, it's a particular scent or, you know, it's a candle or, or it's maybe a small green plant or flower that you might have. Anything that you know that can spark some joy in you, mm-hmm. I think that when we do that, that makes it, um, that really makes it that much easier. That's amazing advice. So this is something too, I've been noticing kind of all of the different reactions that people are having. And some of it is across socioeconomic lines. Some people have more access to these things that we're talking about. There are some people that just cannot work from home. Um, They work in the service industry or, you know, they're supporting us at hospitals. And how, how can we support them and how can they take that care of themselves because they're kind of like out there on the front lines, not really getting the relief that we are. And maybe economically they can't stay at home. Absolutely. I actually have a very close friend who is a physician and she is on the front lines of everything um, that's going on right now. And so I've been checking in with her periodically. It's incredibly difficult for people that are, again, working in grocery stores that are still open, um, the people that are driving the trucks to get the groceries to the grocery stores. I mean, there are so many different industries that are impacted in this way and they are continuing to work. Um, And so it's incredibly difficult. I think one of the things that we can do as community members, as consumers, is when we are engaging with these people, whether it's at stores or let's say if we are um, at medical appointments or just accessing other services that are still available, I think being patient. Mm Mm-hmm. Being patient and kind in our interactions with them, it's incredibly important. They are under such an intense amount of stress 
and pressure, it's unbelievable. Many aren't getting breaks. It, it's just incredibly difficult. And it's really, it's really difficult to see them go through that with, you know, sometimes very little relief. And so I think that if we can be patient with them when we are receiving services and being kind, that's very, very important. And for themselves, I think that really making sure that they do everything they can, that when they leave the job for the day, that they do their best to focus on trying to leave whatever it is that happened on the job, leaving it there. And I know that's very difficult for our healthcare providers because they are on the front lines of everything. And they are getting a front row seat to different things in our healthcare system and maybe some challenges with our healthcare system, right? With getting people access to services um, and they're backlogged and people are very frustrated and upset Um, because of the wait times in emergency rooms and things like that. So I think more than anything, really, it's it's more, actually, it's actually more critical for them to take care of themselves because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to care for others if they're not taking care of themselves. And it's, it's more critical now than ever before that they do that. And I can tell you, anyone that works in healthcare or mental health specifically, we are often the worst when it comes to taking care of ourselves because we're so used to taking care of everybody else. That's just the reality of it. Those of us that are in certain service industries, we're we're just used to caring for others, making sure everybody else is okay and checking in. But sometimes we don't do that for ourselves. Um, So I think, you know, whether it is checking in with a therapist um, that still, you know, might be available online, or if it's, checking in with a really close friend and just, you know, if you need to vent or just kind of like review everything that's happened for the day so that you can release it and let it go. So it's really important to release it somehow. I'd prefer that if you do it with, 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 you know, a live person, someone that you can talk to over the phone, um, just to kind of like vent a bit. Um, but I think journaling can also be very powerful and journaling is something that, um, Sometimes people get stuck in, in being perfectionist about journaling and thinking journaling needs to look a particular way. And sometimes you can just do a brain dump, meaning you can just write whatever it is that, that's in your head and put it on the paper. Right. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be a poem. You know, it doesn't have to be um, you know, some incredible work. You're just getting your thoughts out of your head and putting it on paper. And there's something very powerful about writing down what's in our head because we're getting it out. We're just getting it out of there. We're getting it out. And if you need to refer to it later or pull some information from it, then so be it. But sometimes we just need to get things out of our head, whether by talking to somebody else or just writing it down on paper. So I think that that's very important. And I think particularly for people in these industries, ideally you want to do it before you go to bed so you get a great night's rest, ideally. It's just a lot to process. You know, it's, it's just a lot, it's a lot to process. And that's why I think it's so important that whatever, whatever we do, that we don't neglect our mental health, because if, if we neglect that and we don't take care of ourselves, it's, it's really going to be that much worse. And we need, we need everyone to be as strong as possible, especially those in healthcare positions and mental health, again, working in the stores, you know, working front lines, it's, it's, it's incredibly important that they stay mentally well yes. in addition to being physically well. When do you call a professional? Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. I would definitely say because no sometimes hesitate. you feel like that you have to really be off the hinges. Right, you know? right, like, right. Help us. And we tend to wait. We tend to wait until a crisis yeah. or something really dramatic happens where it's like, okay, you know, clearly I need to call somebody. Um, but really there's no need to wait. If you get the inkling that you need to, you need to process something with somebody. And I I usually just describe it like that. You need to process a situation or a thought or a feeling, um, you know, maybe a behavior that you just, you just don't understand why you did something. That's the time to talk to somebody. Okay. You don't have to wait for some large major crisis to come up, um, to reach out. And I think that's the mistake that, that, many make is, is just waiting until the last second. And sometimes when you wait till the last second, it's almost too late for mm-hmm. it to really be effective. So ideally, you know, if, if you even get the inkling that you need to talk with someone, talk with someone. Absolutely. I wouldn't well, hesitate on that. And sometimes it's cultural, right? Absolutely. Of course. 
Is, Absolutely. How does that rear its head in a situation like this that we're facing? What I often say is, you know, in, in certain communities, therapy is frowned upon. And I feel like, you know, overall it's 2020. I think we're getting there. We're making some progress in that area, which is great. But again, there are still going to be some people that, that just don't buy into therapy. Oftentimes in those communities, people are still getting their therapy. Mm-hmm. People are still getting their therapy. They're just not getting it from an actual therapist. Right. They're getting it from their friend or they're getting it from somebody down the street. But what happens as things escalate, as crises arise, and as things get really heavy, that burden is often too much for your best friend to handle and to manage. I've seen a lot of friendships end and you know, different, different relationships really fracture and shatter because it's just too much pressure for that particular friendship. And right. the reality is, you know, yeah. it's, it's like trying to create a therapeutic relationship within a friendship. And you really can't do that. Right. You really can't do that. And so even, you even see this in romantic relationships. And, you know, when I work with singles and people that are dating and some couples, this comes up too, where, you know, they want the other person to be everything and to kind of like fix everything. And, you know, I'm going to tell you everything and then you're going to fix it. It just doesn't work that way. And it adds so much extra pressure on your personal relationships, you're really better off just talking to a professional. Right. But we need tools to be able to do so. And then we need to be able to recognize when we're in trouble. Absolutely. And to be held accountable. Because a lot of times, you know, friends and family, again, depending on their perspective, they're going to be biased, of course, because that's that's your family member or that's your friend. They may not want to hurt your feelings. Um, there may be certain topics that they avoid because they know that they're difficult for you. You're not necessarily going to have that in a therapeutic relationship. A therapist is going to hold you accountable. They're going to follow up and talk about, you know, hey, did you implement the strategies that we discussed last time? If you right. didn't, why not? Right. So, so you don't usually get that in your, your you know, interpersonal relationships. So that's why I think it's, it's incredibly important to um, reach out to a professional if you feel like you need to talk with someone. Absolutely. And you don't have to commit forever. People think, you know, it's like getting married and, (laughs) you know, you can do some sessions. You can see how you feel. You can, um, you know, work with a few therapists and see who you think is the best fit for you. Um, you don't have to like try one person and then you're, you're locked in with that person forever for like a lifetime commitment. Um, you want to make sure that you have a good connection with the other person that you feel like they can understand your perspective and that you communicate really well. So now you're doing some special um, things during this entire period. Will, will you talk to me about what you're doing to kind of be of service in this situation? I've really noticed an uptick in messages and emails that I've been receiving about self-care. You know, it's like, yeah. how, how do I kind of keep my head together while I'm going through this, especially for people that are parents Um, and you know, I also don't want to neglect older adults as well. Many of us have aging parents as well. So you're kind of the sandwich generation folks that are raising kids and have parents that are older as well. Mentally, it's incredibly stressful right now to kind of balance things on both ends. So I've decided to offer some self-care sessions, individual sessions with folks who are just kind of trying to sort through everything that's going on right now and develop a specific self-care strategy. So what I might suggest for one person, I'm not going to suggest for someone else if that's not within their realm of possibility. So it's going to be whatever works. That's great. So what do they, what do people do? Do they, we reach out to you via social media? You can reach out. Um, I'll have the sessions live on my site. You can follow me on Instagram at Rhonda Smith LCSW and I'll be posting all of the updates on the sessions and what I have available. Okay. So before we go, can you talk about one last thing? I find sometimes what's really helpful is the idea of being as much in the present moment as possible Um, because our reality has shifted. And so yesterday is different than today and we don't know about tomorrow, Yeah. but this is really what we have in the present moment. And I find that when I kind of pull myself back from the past and from the future, that is when I feel the most in control. Do you have any thoughts on that? I am a big proponent of making sure folks get fresh air and can at least, if they can't be in nature, to hear nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Because 
for myself and my practice with mindfulness, I think, you know, when you can really stop and be still and you can hear, right? You can hear birds chirping. You can see leaves, you know, wh- whatever this case may be. When you can really stop and be still, that's when you're going to feel the most peace right. because you feel connected. Even though you're by yourself and you're alone, you feel so connected with not just other people, but with the planet. Right. And I think it's really important that we tap into our connection with the planet at this point, right? Not just other people, but with nature in general, and that we are all a part of this planet, um, you know, that is continuing to function. And I think just even hearing animals or seeing, you know, birds or different, it's, it's just, it's an important reminder and it's a great grounding practice. Oh, if you can get God. fresh air, like it's, it's amazing. And when, when I do my meditation, I love doing it outside and I love to really just stop and hear all the sounds. And, you know, I know when people start meditating, they're like, you know, I don't hear anything. You're not going to hear anything at first, but if you're quiet long enough, you will start to pick up on all kinds of yes. sounds that, that you would never normally hear. You're just going about your day. It's like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> I, know. I don't hear anything. It's so tr- I'm I rushing. I'm going I- here. I'm going there. Like I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm in the box. I'm. But when you really stop, when you can really stop and hear those sounds, it's just so incredibly grounding. It, it, it's it, very it, powerful. Oh my god, you are my soul sister because <laughs> I am a huge. I love to meditate, and and I, I swear that's how I, I heard the ice cream man today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was just so like in the distance, but. When you said thinking about the world, it, that just really blew my mind because, you know, one of my meditations today, I was visualizing light around the globe, our planet. So mm-hmm. because we all like need, our planet needs like a hug. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Because we're yes. all, it's almost like we're all kind of like suffering. And so we all collectively need to, comfort each other in a way through this it's like it's our planet it's our earth it's nature absolutely you know yeah. I mean? it's the trees it's our air it's like it's yeah it's our world we all share the same world you know so absolutely and it's uh, like the more we tap into that energy i just think you you that's how you combat the loneliness too that we talked about earlier because you know you're not alone no if you can really tap into being mindful if you can really tap into that and tap into your energy in that way it's 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 very clear none of us are alone yes we're not alone but you've got to be able to still to be still to really tap into that and we matter everyone matters and i think that you know when we think about when people get depressed and they they feel disconnected because the root of it is feeling like you don't matter or you don't have a purpose but I'm just here to tell you that everyone has purpose on this planet. Every decision everyone makes reverberates and it impacts the life of someone else for the good or for the bad. And sometimes, obviously, those bad things are used for good. But right. every time we make a choice, it matters. It, it's, it's just it's incredible. So. I just, I'm so happy to have just had this conversation with you. I hope that people listening, that it's helpful. I mean, it's helpful to me. I didn't know who I was going to tell the ice cream man story to today. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be like, you cry because you heard the ice cream. Oh no, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. I was definitely the right person. I totally get it. I totally get it. So, you know what? And I just feel like, uh, if, if that helped me to release whatever was pent up in me as a result of kind of like this situation, I just want that to be something that gives other people permission. Like yes. if you dropped an egg on the ground today when you were making breakfast and you cried, it's okay. It's you know? okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Look, if, if reality TV is your escape, like it is mine <laughs> at this point. Go for it. It's whatever, whatever works at this point, you know, that's going to lift you up and and lift your spirits, whatever it is. I say, go for it. And, and the other thing that's really important is it's important. I can't stress this enough because I I learned this, you know, myself when I was healing um, from breast cancer many years ago is that you have to let emotion out because it 
stores in your body. You don't realize how much emotion and tension that you hold in your body. So you have to figure out a way to release that emotion, whether it's working out or whatever it is. It's like, don't hold it in. It doesn't help you heal. And if Absolutely. our goal is to keep our immune system strong, you, you have to make sure that you're letting things out. So yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have to, you have to allow yourself to feel it to even know it's there. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And um, I know everybody's going to love hearing what you have to say. And we're looking forward to what you're going to be doing online. I will be there and um, I'll make sure everybody has all the info that they need to get in touch with you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm Evelyn Brooks, and you've been listening to Built by a Boss. I hope you enjoy the show. You can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or your favorite place. Please consider giving us a five-star review and a comment. It really helps other people find us who might like the podcast. Let us know if this information helps you, what people you'd like to hear from, and what topics you'd want us to cover. You can follow us on Instagram and visit our website, And you can find me at In My Solitude LA, where I create intention and goal-setting workshops. Also, if you're a female-owned brand with a message that is in line with the Built by a Boss podcast, we'd love to have you as a sponsor, so reach out to us. Finally, thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate you. Until next time, be kind, be brave, be better, be a boss.